And here we go, Nordy's podcast. I'm Eric. I'm here with Ryan and Jim. How are you guys doing? Doing very well, man. Doing great. How are you? I'm great. So happy to be here. We're actually leading this week with a sports cast where we're going to break down some of the uh, NFL draft stuff. We'll talk about the Vikings and some of their new players. Uh, we'll give you guys all kinds of news in the world of Minnesota sports. It was kind of a good week for Minnesota sports. It was interesting, for sure. For, for the most part, yeah, for the most part, I would agree. Like, we're doing pretty well. Like, we're, like, doing too well, maybe. Well, not right. okay. Slow down. Slow down. Something's not right. I mean, the Twins are still six games under five hundred, and the Loons are 0-3. So let's not, let's not pretend like everyone's banging on all cylinders. But the Timberwolves are the best team in the entire world for basketball now. <laughs> and and the, will be forever. And the Wild made the playoffs, so it's a weird week. All right, guys, so before we dive into this episode, we need you guys to give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram at Nordy's Podcast. Also, subscribe anywhere that you get your favorite podcast from and get the Nordy's Podcast directly to your phone or your device each and every week so you can hang out with your three best friends in the whole world. Yeah. We love you. Thank you. We are best your friends. three I guess we're your three best friends unless you love Joe Rogan, in which case we're not that popular with you. Wow. I asked Eric, don't bring up Joe Rogan. And one minute and 30 seconds in, <laughs> I had a hell of a time with the, the social media this week. A touchy subject. Oh, my God. Yeah. We love Joe Rogan. We love him. Nothing, we're no controversial things to say about him at all. We're big Joe Bros. Joe Bros. Let's go. Ryan eats only elk meat. He shall not be criticized ever. Well, you know, you know, you know the thing about elk is they're like they're like really strong in the wild. So like if you ingest that, you get their strength. That's the thing That's about elk meat. Just I, could, science. I, could, I could talk you guys through the steps of a properly executed arm triangle. That'd be great. That's good content. I think. That is. We should we should start an MMA cast. I should, we, we... I should make a video of me talking people through the proper technique of an arm triangle on Jimbo. Can we ever shirt well. off? <laughs> <laughs> if we want to like, get clicks, that's all I'm saying. I feel like I feel like Jimbo's eldest son could put him in an arm triangle pretty easily. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. No, just they're kidding. tough as hell, dude. All right, yeah, they and they're bendy. They're bendy. All right, what kind of beer are you drinking, Jim? All right, I'm drinking. You guys know War Pigs? You know those cool black mm-hmm. cans? Yeah. Um, so they have some foggy new ones out. That's good. Yeah, Foggy Geezer, Salmon Pants. That's all Minnesota's really been getting until recently. So um, Four Phantoms, American Blonde Ale. It tastes like um, a way better Summit EPA. Like way more drinkable, super tasty. It's kind of amber in color, but very clear and crispy. This is a good beer. It's like a... Ten dollar six pack, I guess. So um, I'm, nice. I'm into it. Yeah, it's not local, but we like it. How about I you guys? What are you having? You got? I'm uh, at Indeed Brewing Company. I'm drinking a little Aqua Fuzz. I was gonna say, let's say it on three. One, two, three. Aqua Fuzz. Uh, aqua Fuzz. Yeah, okay. Okay. Uh, that was uncomfortable. Just keep moving. The, the <laughs> new hazy IPA from them, um, Aqua Fuzz. Uh, tropical, pillowy, and citrusy. Seven point two, uh, not too bitter. Um, it tastes pretty good. I, so when we were texting about this, when this first came out, the the first thought that came to my head was like Lounge Wizard from Bauhaus, and I would say they're pretty similar in except that this one's a little higher ABV, uh, but pretty similar fl- flavor profile in my okay. opinion. Eric, what do you think? 
I saw the word pillowy and I thought that that was perfect for this. It is a really light, pillowy, smooth beer sitting at 7.2. I really like this. Okay. Yeah. Very, very drinkable, very approachable. Oh, and sip I've had. With, uh, if we're, you know, with the price point, this is a great second six. This might even be a great first six pack because it's $13.99 for the four tall boys, which is pretty good. That's all right. That's actually up there for Indeed. Well, but for a 7.2 beer, yeah, not too bad. Not too not bad. bad. All right, guys, um, let's move on to the biggest story in sports this week, and that is um, the champion of the world. I'm not really sure of what. Logan Paul, champion boxer of the world, is officially going to fight one of the greatest boxers of all time, um, maybe only a few spots below Logan Paul on the all-time list. (laughs) That's Floyd Money Mayweather. Um, I don't know why I'm interested in this. Because right. I shouldn't be. Because in in all reality, this is like getting a like a WWE pay per view. I feel like with you know not a predetermined winner, but like a predetermined set of rules as how the fight can go right. um, with a bunch of bullshit on the card. And for whatever reason, I find myself extremely interested in what's going to happen. Well, so, so uh, they're having meetings right now to decide, hey, who's going to win this and what round, right? I like, don't think it's who's going to win, but I think it's like, dude, you're not allowed to knock someone out in the first two rounds. Like, we gotta- Yeah, but that's what they always do. I think it will not go, Pat. It won't go to three rounds. Right? I mean, that's what they do all, with all, all. There's no chance in hell that Floyd Mayweather is going to lose this fight. Well, and there's also no chance in hell Jake Paul is going to try and go 12 rounds with Mayweather. Like, he can't go. There's no way he can go 12 rounds. I bet the fight is scheduled for like six to eight rounds. Yeah, okay. That, so that makes more sense. And there's no way Mayweather is going to, in an exhibition, lose to a YouTube star when he's an undefeated all-time great boxer who's, like, retired undefeated. So I think Mayweather will do what he does, which is feel him out for, like, a couple minutes in the first round, mm-hmm. land a couple, like, welcome to the ring rookie punches, and then dance around for a while and then eventually knock him out in, like, the fourth. Yeah. That's going to be put on it just to put on a show like he he could knock out if he wanted to. He could knock out Logan Paul in under two minutes without without question. I really would love different sizes, though, aren't they? I think Logan Paul is quite a bit bigger. Yeah. I mean, Mayweather won't cut any weight and he'll come in looking worse than he ever has. And they're each going to make just sickening amounts of money for just a terrible bullshit pay-per-view. Yeah. Um, but what, would, what, what I want next is I want this fight to happen. And it ends with like Logan Paul getting disqualified for like a headbutt or like a, a low blow. Right. And then we get like Logan Paul oh. and Jake Paul in a tag team against Manny Pacquiao and Floyd <laughs> Mayweather. And then we all pay a hundred dollars to watch that. <laughs> okay, Eric's imagination is Eric's imagination is running away with him right now. And this shit is kidding. That. This is what all they, of this is. If they, they need people them. like Eric on there in these rooms, making you know, deciding these pay per views. I bet if they had twenty million per fighter for all four of them, they could get it to happen. And they'd be like, "There's no such thing as tag team boxing." And then they just make up the tag team boxing champions of the world titles. And then they'd each make sickening amounts of money for just a horrible product. I'm kind of into it. We're leading with it. So actually, actually, the best scenario for that would be Jake or Logan with Manny or Mayweather against, and so then the like flip flop. Yeah, yeah. You know yeah. What I mean, okay. So maybe it's like this. Maybe um, 
Manny or maybe Mayweather's about to beat Logan, right? Mm-hmm. But then who comes in? Manny Pacquiao, and he chair shots Floyd Mayweather. <laughs> okay, so then, now we're at the WWE. Oh, it yes. Up, it sets up a tag team where, oh, Floyd Mayweather, he needs a partner. Who's he going to get? He's going to get Jake Paul. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm already into the storylines. Let's go. I'm in. I'm here for it. It makes me realize that, yes, it just is a blending of sports and entertainment. All right. So uh, next up, guys. Um, well, real quick, though, except Logan and Jake Paul take themselves way more seriously than the rest of the world does. They think yeah. they're actual boxers. Well, Logan's about to find out that he's not. Yeah, I think they think they do. He, they don't care that they're if they get beat, though, because they're just like, whatever, we're just going to make sickening amounts of money. Right. All right, guys. Sure. Uh, in 2021, we've had quite a bit of insurrection as we had the terrible and uh, hard to watch and disgusting capital insurrection uh, that happened. Antifa, Antifa-led insurrection of the capital. Yeah. Yep. Antifa right. in disguise. Yep. Um, that happened on the capital right on on uh, January 6th, and then uh, now we've had the. Man United insurrection that happened today as Man United fans kicked down the doors, got into the dressing rooms, were on the field, were smashing things, were breaking things, were running around the field like idiots. It felt kind of similar as they were like throwing barricades and like hurting police officers and stuff. It was really disgusting. I I didn't actually watch a lot of footage from it, but that's kind of scary, actually. I thought it like turned kind of scary. And I think a a, a couple things that were that were good. Right. The teams were not at Old Trafford yet because there were protests outside of their hotel room and the teams made the decision that it was unsafe to transport the players to the stadium at that time because there was so much unrest outside of their hotel rooms. So, yes, it was definitely unsafe for like the grounds crew and the folks that were already there. But, you know, at least it wasn't like the teams were warming up on the field. And yeah. fans started to storm. I'm not saying that, that the grounds crew and the, and the workers aren't important. I'm saying it's just, it's slightly. There's fewer people a, there. A little general. bit less. Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. Guys, I'm not kidding you. I thought this was so ridiculous. And like, there's been a lot of protests since the Super League news that we broke down a few weeks ago. Um, you know, notably, there was a big Chelsea one. There was a big Arsenal one. Um, I'm sure other teams have all had the same thing where these fans have been in the streets and huge numbers protesting, calling for ownership changes and all kinds of stuff. Right. Um, this crossed a line, uh, uh, by a lot. It was so inappropriate and dangerous. People were injured. Um, property was destroyed. This was embarrassing to the league, to Man United. Um, I think, and I'm not, I am, I take, the, the, the heel side on a lot of things here. And I, you know, speaking a lot of hyperbole and I go a little far with my takes, but I'm dead serious when I say this. I think Man United should be docked 15 points. And there's, to me, there's no other answer than to just dock them points. This was rid- what their fans did. Oh, yeah. I thought this was absolutely insanity. They should be docked a bunch of points. It should drop them to seventh in the league and they should just miss out on the Champions League. Like, Have this they was- done that before? Oh, they've docked teams points for all kinds of things. Oh, they have. That's pretty insane. You think that like charge them money? I get it. Doesn't affect you know the fans or the players. Um, But here, you know, they would just take them out of Champions League. They've done stuff like that before. Um, Yeah, like for instance, um, if a team can't make payments 
to their players or something, like if they get behind on payments, the league will just dock them like 20 points and it will usually make them get relegated. Jeez. Wow. In the lower English leagues, that's happened many times where Mm. like a team has been behind on payments on something or they've done, you know, something bad. And then the team is punished. I believe some racist incidents have happened where teams have been docked points as well. So it was all about that. They will never do that because Man United is their biggest team. But this was ridiculous, and it was I, so. I agree with the ridiculousness. I, I mean, I agree. It's it, absurd; should not happen. It's preposterous, and all of the people that were taking social media videos should be prosecuted to the limit of the law. In every instance, all of them, all of them, every single one of them. I don't care if you're a 27 year season ticket holder and you're frustrated. I understand that you're still going to go to jail. However. Mm-hmm. I disagree that the players should be punished for this and the coaches should be punished for this because it had nothing to do with them. I get, I get what you're saying, Eric, but I don't think that the the players who were literally trapped in a hotel room with armed security because of these idiots should be punished and not be able to play European football next year because of these morons. I, that's the only thing I disagree with. I think there should be severe punishment for Manchester United. Um, but I don't think that it should fall on the players. I don't think they should be the ones suffering. It's interesting, Ryan, because I would put uh, Eric's plan puts you in fourth. But we're already in fourth. Oh, you are now. Well, then yeah. what do you care? That's why you're anti. You're already in. No, it has, nothing, it, it, has, <laughs> it has nothing to do with that. I just don't yeah. think that like, like Marcus Rashford is one of like the most socially, you know, not, I hate using this term, but like socially woke um, football players in England. I mean, the guy like goes out of his way to make sure that like racism is stamped out. He's always like, you know, doing like meals on wheels to like homeless people and all kinds of, he's one of those people, Jimbo, that should go in your like needs he to is. be protected at all costs. Oh, he's, he's in that. List. Okay. Yep. Okay. Yeah. And, I mean, so like that guy, that guy should not be punished because like idiots storm the grounds. Yeah. That's my only take. Yeah, I get it. It was, it was pretty crazy. It, was, it did prevent Liverpool from playing today, which I was looking forward to. But um, I guess I didn't realize it was quite such a big deal. The The weirdest part, Eric, were you watching the Arsenal match? Yeah. Like when, when Rebecca Lowe cuts in and is like, uh, we're sorry to interrupt the Arsenal broadcast and then goes to a split screen. I was like, oh, my God, what happened? Like something mm-hmm. horrible must have happened. And then when I realized what, you know, eventually what it was, I was like, okay, that's not too bad. But I definitely got the same thing, the same vibes of like the capital insurrection of like, oh, they're letting these idiots into the hallway. And then it like just kept getting worse and worse and worse. Uh, Luckily, it didn't quite come to that um, at Old Trafford. But yeah, it was still very harrowing and strange to watch. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, here's my thing. The players would, to, to really punish the players, you'd have to find them. And I'm not saying take any of their money. I'm just saying the fans want to see him in, in Europe, and then maybe you shouldn't break shit and break the law. Sorry, fans. You can watch him in Europa. Yeah. All right, guys. I, I mean, I'd be I'd be fine with whatever. Um, it seems like a really weird one-off thing, so it'll be interesting to see how they handle it. Um, next up, the Wolves are the best team in basketball. Maybe the best team in sports at this point. I think so. Yeah. Um, well, we got the best players. We got a great – if you count the last six games, we get the best record. I think that the, the coach is really working out. Yeah. 
Of course. Edwards is on track to win rookie of the year. Collins is back to his best. Um, you're getting stuff out of Russell. Uh, you know, the role players are doing something. Someone new is stepping up every single game, it seems like. They're kind of a fun team. Now, they're going to move up and lose their pick in the draft. Um, but I go back and forth. Like, what is more important, momentum and chemistry yeah, uh, and confidence or a good draft pick? And I don't know if there's a right or wrong answer to that because I think both are important. Uh, well, I think it's a nice – I think it's, they've, they've found a nice blend of both because we managed to take the Pelicans to OT. You lose a heartbreaker, but you say, hey – Guys, you played awesome. Like yep. you were supposed to lose this game. They're, you know, they got Zion Williamson and um, Brandon Ingram and Lamelo Ball and all that stuff. Or sorry, Lonzo Ball. Um, yep. So and Bledsoe, Jimbo's guy. Like you're you're supposed to lose that game. So you fought tooth and nail, and I think that matters. You know, mm-hmm. it's not like they got blown out in the fourth quarter. Like they're they're usually do. They hung in there, forced OT. And then just kind of came up a little bit short. That's fine. Yep. Well, that would be the dream. I mean, I think that momentum is more important than this pick. Um, If they continue to lose, even while everybody's now healthy, except for Beasley, we haven't had him with the crew yet. So we haven't been a fully healthy team. Um, But with the crew we have, if they're still losing and not really showing these signs of improvement, I don't know who's going to be excited in the offseason, who's going to work hard to get better next year. If they rattle off, you know, say they're 500 the rest of the way and they they beat some good teams and, you know, like people are putting up good numbers, I think that is more important. Um, And we could still get that top three pick. I mean, we could even if we go 500 the rest of the year. Um, Yeah, I I think that if we lose more, um, it's more likely that we move one of our big pieces. And I think the best chance for this team is probably to still win and maybe get lucky. I mean, you're not for sure losing your pick. You could still win the lottery, get yourself into the top three, um, even if your odds are the fifth best. Um, Either way, you're going to need some luck. Best case scenario, we win some games, we get lucky, we end up in the top three, we get one more piece, and we're off to the races. Yeah. Yeah. Ideally, um, you know, Towns would have been still out, and maybe Russell's like – in and out or something like that. And then the last like five games when we have a top three pick pretty much locked, we win all those. Everybody's back. We won the last five games. There's your momentum and you still have a horrible record. Um, I hate to see people complaining about winning. I'm enjoying it. It's been a, like a fun, you know, week and a half. So I hope they continue to play well, if not win every single fucking game. Well, it's been, I mean, that's your, that was your goal, right? We want the team to have fun that's and all look fun. And, and they're finally reaching sort of that with what? Seven games left. Yeah. So. All right, guys. Next up, uh, Minnesota United FC sucks so far. Yeah. That's not very good, man. Uh, they're on three. The season is long and they brought in a lot of new pieces. Not even sure all their pieces are even there yet. Um, so it's definitely not time to, you know, panic too much, but not exactly the exciting start we were waiting for when they've added a bunch of new guys um, that I know very little about other than that they have better FIFA scores than other guys that they currently have. <laughs> they have yeah, uh, it'd be cool if they could catch a draw or something coming up here. but Yeah, I was really bummed. You remember how excited we were when they played in the 
Western Conference Finals. Yeah. And then they blew it at the very end. Yep. They gave up two goals in like two minutes to lose the game. Yeah, that's oh, why yeah. we're technically four win, four losses in a row because of that one. Yeah, that was horrible. Um, all right, guys, we'll move on from them because there's not much to say. Uh, next up, the Seattle Kraken are officially the 32nd team in the NFL. Are we cool with the name of the Kraken or are we not? Well, the NHL. I'm sorry, the NHL. Are we I cool love the Kraken name. That was, that was the one I wanted. That was my pick, was the Kraken. For Minnesota? No. No, 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 for Seattle. Yeah. The Seattle Kraken. Okay, yeah. what were the other options? The Aviators. Oh, okay, that sucks. There was, a, there was a fish one. There was a there was a fish name too. Like I forget what it was. I think it should have been something like um, the weather. Okay, that would have been really really bad. Seattle, the Seattle rain, the Seattle nature, Seattle storm. <laughs> That's a WNBA team. But sure. Okay, okay. going to be would be my pick. So here's on par here's the Minnesota Wild. <laughs> here's the names that here's the names that they had. The Seattle Rainiers, so from Mount Rainier, the Kraken, horrible. E- the Evergreens, horrible. The Seals, pretty pretty horrible. But like the the Emeralds, no. And this was the fish I was thinking of, the Sockeyes. Oh, the Sockeyes. Um, the Kraken is horrible. Like, okay, I'm back on Kraken horrible. big time. <laughs> the Kraken is horrible, but I like it. Does that make sense? Yeah. Comparatively, yeah, I would take to Kraken all day. Kraken is a horrible team name, and it's like so silly and stupid. But I also like it at the same time. So I yeah. would trade the Wild for the Kraken all day, every day. Jimbo, as a big uh, Pirates of the Caribbean guy, this has got to be this is right in your wheelhouse. <laughs> Absolutely, those are Huge like fan. two of his biggest circles for Venn diagrams: the NHL and Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah, exactly. And there yep. I am, stuck in the middle. We nailed it. Love right it. in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, next up, guys, the Wild, speaking of the NHL, officially are in the playoffs. Um, Which they were last week. Yeah, they – this has been a good year for them. Like Jim said the other day, they're playing with house money. They weren't even supposed to be any good this year. We were hoping Kaprizov would show up and play well. He's been – he's well beyond expectation. Which is actually crazy because expectations were pretty high. Yeah, he was like made us all nervous. for two years in the KHL. Yeah, he came over as a 23 year old rookie after leading his league in goals and being on the best team two years in a row. And he is like one of the 20 best players in the world already. You love to see it. You love to see it. Um, wild playoffs. How must watch is it, and does it kind of ruin it for you that uh, we have to? play the same teams we've already played 600 times. I think if you watched a lot of it, you maybe would think that's cool. Right? Or not? I don't know. I mean, if you gave me three guesses on who the Wild were playing in their next game, I'd be, I'd probably get it. Yeah. Right. It's just like, do they play the Avalanche, the Blues, or do they play the Ducks, the Sharks? I guess there's six of them. Or well, they the play the Knights a lot. Golden Knights. Yeah. Or the yeah, the LA Kings. Or the Kings. Over and right. over and over every single three weeks you play those teams. So Yeah, That's so we got our last our last six games we've got Vegas, mm-hmm. the Ducks, and the Blues. And mm-hmm. the Blues have kinda of had our number, so that's not a really great way to end the season. 
All right. Uh, so the Wild Wheel playoffs, it's going to be must watch. The NHL playoffs are fantastic. Um, why don't the guys play like that all year? Because they would just be dead. Because it's yeah. so, it's so brutal and violent and awesome. All Is right. this a shortened season? Yeah, it's like seventy-two yeah. games or something. Oh, it's so much better. It is. It's so much better. We need fifty games in all these seasons. Baseball one hundred. Like, let's just let's cut the games down. Hey, um, what do you guys think of the NBA playoff stuff? Play in for the playoff stuff. So I think it's the is it the tenth, ninth, eighth, seventh? Yeah, all have a tournament to get to the last seventh and eighth seed, right? So it keeps, like we were talking about the Pelicans, who are at the 10th spot, keeps them very engaged to, t- to stay in that 10th spot or go up. Um, are you guys into that? Um, it's just like another cash grab. It's like adding a seventh playoff team in the NFL. Um, more people, more games, more money, more TV revenue. Um, do I care? No, none of those teams have a chance in hell at making any noise. Um, if they're if they're con- considering making noise is like taking a team to six games, then great. <laughs> they're not winning a series. Um, I don't care at all. Those teams really don't even deserve to be there. Which ironically, the one the one league that could use something like that would be the NHL, where it's it, they they could have one of those like you get a hot goaltender and the team you know catches lightning in a bottle yeah. kind of thing. That's the only league where this can like the NBA. Like, there's nobody in, in the ten spot that's going to beat any of the top four seeds in either conference. So that's it's kind of silly. Yeah, that's a very good point. Um, I'm excited because it's more it's more basketball, and I just feel like, you know, the Wolves. How many years have the Wolves finished in tenth? So <laughs> Caleb, Caleb, Caleb would have been in the playoffs. Oh like baby, six years in a row. Caleb lived in the tenth seed. So <laughs> loved it. Because that way, you know, that's perfect for them. They miss the playoffs. They Towards the last couple weeks, they're really not even in it, you know, because they're, they're a couple of seeds removed. And they get shitty middle draft picks. So that was so perfect for them. Um, but that would have been exciting, you know, for, for my team to at least have a game that's more meaningful than a regular season game, which they hadn't had in 13 years or however many had been. So I think it's, I think it's pretty cool. Yeah, I guess. Um, all right. Moving on, guys, to the NFL draft. Before we get there, uh, Jim, Ryan, you guys both like the fact that Najee Harris, the Alabama running back, had a draft party like everyone else that was going behind the draft, but his was in a homeless shelter. What can you tell us about that? Well, I know it was – so he had spent time in the in the homeless shelter um, when he was growing up, and his whole intent was to, like, sort of give back to the community that, that – made him, um, you know, what he is today or, or contributed, you know, very heavily to like his work ethic and never giving up and, and that type of thing. And, <clears throat> you know, so many of these draft picks make it all about them and I got to have the best suit on and the best jewelry and the best shoes and look the best. And mm-hmm. Najee Harris was like, uh, this is about where I came from. And these stories are few and far between, but are extremely heartwarming to know that there's, you know, I'm not saying that the other draft picks don't care about things like this, but to see someone make it about others and not about himself was really cool. And especially from a a guy who's, you know, got a a pretty bright future 
uh, ahead of him in, in the NFL. So I, I really enjoyed reading about that. Yeah, I agree. I second everything there. Um, really cool, different, one of the coolest stories to come out of the draft. Absolutely. All right, guys. So speaking of the draft, let's go through what happened here. Um, it was all pretty chalk at the top of the draft. Um, Trevor Lawrence went number one. Everyone knew he was going number one for about two years now. Uh, he'll be a Jacksonville <laughs> Jaguar. Zach Wilson, the BYU quarterback, who came kind of out of nowhere this year, is the number two pick to the New York Jets, making it a sure thing that he's a bust. Uh, the guy who I think won the whole draft is Trey Lance. Minnesota native from Alexandria, Minnesota, Trey Lance from North Dakota State. He wins the whole draft to me because he gets to go play for Kyle Shanahan, who is arguably the best coach for any quarterback uh, in the whole league. Um, so I kind of think it didn't matter who they took just because any talented young quarterback will probably be good in that offense eventually. Um, and then it was followed up by a couple of skill guys, Kyle Pitts, the tight end went to the Falcons, Jamar Chase, uh, and Jalen Waddle um, from LSU in Alabama went to the Bengals and the Dolphins. So that was the very top of the draft. Uh, the Vikings, well, actually, let's talk first about this. Uh, in our division, Penai Sewell, the big left tackle, went to the Lions at seven. The Chicago Bears traded up, giving up two-fourths and two-firsts to move up to number 11 to draft Ohio State quarterback Justin Fields. Uh, does this worry you about the Bears being good in the future? They're just always a kind of hapless Bears. I mean, they kind of have our number, but, dude, they couldn't hit with Trubinsky. This is probably going to be the same thing. And then I hear everybody talk about how Ohio State quarterbacks are nothing to be feared of, which let's just hope that's true. Um, yeah, I, well, that's, I, that's I, kind of true. Yep. The, only, the only thing that makes me nervous is <clears throat> he's going to start day one and he's a, he's a mobile quarterback. Um, and he proved he could throw the ball pretty well. Now that's not in a, in a, you know, NFL offense, but Ohio state does run a pretty pro style offense. Um, and so, you know, if, We've had issues with like the Russell Wilsons of the world, you know, pocket passers don't really bother Mike Zimmer too much, but guys that can get outside tend to um, cause issues. I feel like this is anecdotally, right? I don't have any, you know, numerical evidence to back this up. I just always feel like maybe it's just Russell Wilson. <laughs> like maybe he's yeah. the only one that, that scares the hell out of me, but like, you he's know, he's made Sean an impact Watson, on our psyches over the years. Yeah. Sean Watson gave us fits, um, even though we ended up winning that game. So um, that's the only thing that worries me is that he is a, a much more, well, and even in the year that Mitch was really good, which was two seasons ago, he absolutely shredded us, um, in the second game. Cause he got hurt in the first game and then we got beat by Chase Daniels. Um, that but, um, you know, the, the, the mobile quarterbacks that can run, um, you know, Aaron Rodgers does a pretty good job of that, of like getting out of the pocket and, and running when he needs to. And, and so that's, that's the only thing that worries me a little bit. Um, the bears don't have a lot of offensive weapons, although they did draft some more old linemen. Um, so I don't know. Uh, Fields is still yet to be proven, you know, in the NFL. So I'm not worried until I need to be, I guess. Well, let's hope he's a total bust. Let's hope he's a bust. I wanted him on our team. Now I hope he's a bust. Um, so <laughs> Came to uh, pick 13. A guy that the Vikings really wanted was Rashawn Slater, the tackle from Northwestern. He goes the pick before to the San Diego Chargers. I'm sorry, the Los Angeles Chargers. And uh, the Vikings are sitting there at 14th. They move down, uh, picking up pick number 23, 
pick number 66, pick number 86, and they give up a fourth-round pick um, to move down to number 23, uh, where the Jets came up to take Elijah Vera Tucker. Uh, Mac Jones, the quarterback, went to the Patriots right after that. A couple of random picks, and it ends up back at the Vikings at 23, where they take the guy that I'm pretty sure if they wouldn't have been able to find a trade partner, they would have taken at 14, Christian Derrissaw, the big left tackle from Virginia Tech. He was the top Rick, Rick, Rick came out and said that. Rick came out and said that, that that was the guy they were looking at at 14 and realized that he probably wasn't going to go, and they had other options if he did. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that was what they were hoping was that Derrissaw was going to fall. Yeah, and so, um, you know, obviously they would have rather had Sewell or, or Slater, no matter what they say. Um, but Derrissaw was, you know, a natural left tackle, a top-rated left tackle for PFF uh, in college football last year, and a big athletic guy who can uh, maul in the run. He can get out in space. He's a decent pass protector as well. He falls all the way to 23, and the Vikings pick up two third-round picks and take the guy they would have taken anyway. So I thought well, and he was a home run. Yeah, he, he, I guarantee the Vikings aren't trading down if Slater's there. Like that's, I mean, that's the easy one to, I mean, they're taking him a hundred percent, but Derrissaw is the third ranked tackle roughly. I mean, and that, that was by very minuscule amounts and the 20th ranked player overall. So um, over, I think that's a steal, an yeah. absolute steal at 23. PFF had him as their 15th overall player. So even, even better. better. And so, yeah, I like it a lot. I think that this was a great move. Um, really solidified one of the big holes, which was pretty much two spots on the offensive line. Um, they go into day two. I, I'm sorry, day one, I give the Vikings an A. An A. I give them an A because they end up with a player that they really wanted. Maybe one of the top, top guys didn't fall to them, but they added two third-round picks, and they got the guy they wanted anyways. But they did great. Yeah, perfect. Now, as effusive as Eric was with praise – Let's go to the other end of the spectrum, unless you've changed your mind since uh, Friday. Okay, so we didn't have a second-round pick. That brings us to the third round, uh, where the Vikings pick with the second pick in the third round, pick number 66, which they got in the trade from the Jets. With this pick, the Vikings select Texas A&M quarterback Kellen Mond. I hate this pick so much. (laughs) So much. I hate it. He was the seventh quarterback taken. Um, I just don't know what they were thinking here. Does anyone truly believe that they're going to develop this guy into our future future starting quarterback? And don't guys, don't get me wrong. I have been wrong infinity times with the draft and I've been right infinity times as well. And I can be right and wrong in the same year. Last year, I wanted Cam Dantzler badly. I didn't want Jeff Gladney. You know, I thought I was, I was lukewarm on Justin Jefferson. So I'm mm-hmm. far from perfect. And this dude could literally end up being the next Patrick Mahomes. But the chances are he's not. His comp on one website was Josh Dobbs or a poor man's Colin Kaepernick as his ceiling. Okay. Um, poor man's Colin Kaepernick is like a pretty low-end starter to a high-end backup. Um, I just thought this was a waste. And when you look at it, uh, I've been asking people, where have mid-round quarterbacks been successful in the NFL? Like, name some. And everyone's like, Tom Brady. I'm like, Tom Brady was like a late round pick. And also Tom Brady is like the outlier anomaly of all quarterbacks. Like he has right. his own story. We're not that's such to- a, that's why it's such a good story is because it's happened one time. Yeah. So then you think of like mid round quarterbacks, like third, fourth round guys who've been good. 
I can think of two in the NFL right now. One Breeze, of them, Russell Wilson, well, he retired. Is, is Russell Wilson, and one is Kirk Cousins, who we already have. Yeah. <laughs> I just I don't I don't understand what we're thinking here. Um, I think the chances that this guy is a future starter for us are low, or if he is, it's not good. Um, yeah. And I just thought this was like a prime spot to to go get a guy that we really needed. Uh, but there were plenty of picks for the Vikings in this round. Uh, I'm sorry, Ryan, what did you think of that pick? So, Eric, you've been clamoring for a modern quarterback or a more modern quarterback than than Kirk Cousins or Sam Bradford. And Case Keenum had one season of flash in the pan. Um, Teddy Bridgewater was supposed to be that, but never really good enough. Um, I don't mind the flyer. I think Mon still would have been available later, and you could have addressed other needs at this point or other positions. Um, the Vikings obviously saw something they loved about him. Um, you know, he did have like a kind of a coaching carousel when he was at AM and finally put it together under, you know, Jimbo Fisher in the last season. So I, I don't hate it. Um, it's obviously he's a very raw talent. Um, he's, he's not Patrick Mahomes in that regard, but um, I don't hate him learning under a good pro style offense. <sighs> Clint Kubiak's offense now, apparently. Um, so that that remains to be seen. But I, I don't hate having like a, a more mobile quarterback um, with a really good arm and maybe mold him into some of the, you know, the more, f- you know, finer throws that the NFL requires. So and we really need a plan beyond Kurt because he's only under contract that is not interested in restructuring or extending at this point. So I think they had to make a move. Um, what, you know, we all feel like it was a reach. If we take Mond in the fifth round, Eric, are you upset about it? No, no, I'm but, not at all. Exactly. But because we took him high in the third, probably makes it seem a little bit like a little, little too early. Now I will say this, this is my one defense of the move. They did get two extra third round picks for moving down and taking a guy that they would have taken anyways. So again, sure. a little house money-ish where like you got to take that flyer because, you went out and made it. Yeah, smart. why not? And so, yeah, why not? I mean, that, I, that's, makes, a pick wouldn't, yeah, that's a pick he wouldn't have had anyway. So yeah. go ahead and take the guy that's that maybe is, you know, 20 picks too early. Um, so then uh, with their next pick, pick 78, uh, midway through the third, they take Chaz Surratt from North Carolina. He's an inside linebacker, kind of like a small inside linebacker. Um, we took him at 78. Uh, ESPN had him as their 51st best player. So like a, like a mid to early second round guy, we got a mid third round, like a round later. He was a college quarterback who turned into like an undersized inside linebacker. A lot of people think he'll play outside linebacker for us and maybe is our Anthony Barr replacement if it goes well. And he's a, he has a really, like he's fast. Mm-hmm. Like, and he has this really, like some of the tape I was seeing, he's got this really good ability to like get, downhill and get to the quarterback like really quickly so um i like that the worst case maybe you try him at safety like he's kind of built like a safety he's not he's not building it like a linebacker so i don't know I, I i don't hate the pick i love having a guy named Chaz on our team like i think that's the most appealing part of it i love that um they move on to my favorite pick of the draft for the vikings okay so this is what i was clamoring for with these first two picks in the third round, they finally did it in with their third pick in the third round. That was Ohio State guard Wyatt Davis 
a 6'4", 315-pound guard who was a two-time All-American. Um, Monster. He was Monster. He was great two seasons ago, and then he was a little underwhelming last year. But I think a lot of people like were underwhelming or like didn't even play. Um, mm-hmm. So I thought this was a great move. Um, maybe he doesn't have the highest ceiling, but his floor, I think, should, should be pretty good. Um, I would say he pencils in as your starting left guard day one. He is a huge body, and he was the fifth-ranked guard in the draft. Yeah. I'm fine with that, and he's I got pedigree with Ohio State. So you now your, your line um, is pretty set. It's going to be rookie first-rounder Christian Derrissaw as your starting left tackle. It's going to most likely um, be rookie left guard Wyatt Davis uh, as your starting left guard. It's going to be former first-round pick Garrett Bradbury at center. It's going to be last year's second-round pick Ezra Cleveland at right guard. And it's going to be former second-round pick Brian O'Neill as your right tackle. I think that that could eventually be a strength, and that would mean that this team was pretty damn good. Okay. But you think they're going to have growing pains? Yeah, for sure. I mean, O-linemen all have growing pains for the most part, even the guys taken in the top 10. So, I mean, they'll for sure have growing pains. They're not going to be some dominant line from the get-go, but we should be on the right track to have a good line for the first time in some time. Um, They finished that round up with Patrick Jones, the second, uh, a reach the end, um, which is like what they do every year now, where they take like a long, skinny, athletic end. And then Andre Patterson tries to turn him into Daniel Hunter. So I always trust them on those picks. Um, I'm not going to go through all of their other picks, but they picked. I wouldn't, I mean, I wouldn't call six, four, two sixty one skinny, like small DN. I mean, he's not a, he's not a small guy. Um, and also he's built like, like Hunter, which they're a little undersized. For, for like the NFL DNs, but they're like long athletic guys with big long arms that are super explosive athletes that they think they can... The wingspan. Yeah, they think they can refine them into Daniel Hunter, like I said. So I, I think that they like to take those guys every year and see what they can do. Also, one more thing I wanted to say about the O-line picks yeah. is uh, addition by subtraction and that nobody in the starting lineup is named Dakota Dozier. True. So no, that's immediately worry. an improvement. Yeah. When we t- took Mond and when we took uh, Chaz and when we were, like, taking all these guys, I was just like, we are taking backup quarterbacks and backup linebackers. And Dakota Dozier is going to start. Like, what the <laughs> um, But we did take a kick returner from, I- from Iowa State, a running back and kick returner. We took a guy who was kind of all over social media, Cam Bynum. He was a cornerback at Cal who played a ton of games, um, but he's going to play safety for the Vikings. Um, we took – uh, another defensive end, like an athletic defensive end guy. Uh, we took – that was in the fourth round. In the fifth round, we took a receiver, like a really athletic big receiver from Iowa and a uh, tight end from central Missouri. And then our final pick was in the sixth round where we took a uh, defensive tackle at 199. So their day was over pretty quickly. Uh, midway through the sixth, they were done. Uh, they added quite a few guys. I thought overall – um, I wish there was a little more impact from that Mon spot to the team. Um, but overall, I thought the, they were probably like a B or B-plus for me. Like, they had a pretty good draft, and I think they'll they'll nail a few pieces. And if a few of those shots uh, in the dark are, turn out to be anything, uh, you know, it could be a really good draft. I like it because <clears throat> we didn't take flyers like a, a Moritz Bowringer. And uh, who was the other the, – the tackle that had the weird name? Um, 
that one year, like this, this all seemed to be like need focused. Um, like we already addressed, like the, the Kellen Mond pick was probably a little bit too early. Um, and we, but we addressed some holes on the O-line. Um, we got some Daniil Hunter, you know, backup potential replacements. Um, we've got a huge D tackle um, with our last pick. We throw a third tight end in there who the guy is humongous. He's like six, seven. Um, I know he played like D2, but the guy seems like an absolute monster. Um, so I, I feel like they did a really good job. Not, nothing shocked me other than the Mond pick. Like everything else seemed to fit with what they were looking for. Like, you know, Surratt's going to replace potentially uh, who was the, uh, who was uh, Barr's backup? Eric Wilson. Wilson that ended up playing a bunch. Like he's probably going to fill in there a little bit. Um, so anyway, I, I feel like they did a pretty good job of addressing what they needed. Um, do, do drafting uh, an O tackle and an, and an offensive guard um, fill in the gaps for what they missed out on in free agency? Not necessarily. Um, especially not necessarily this year. So it is a little bit disappointing that they spent so much money on the defensive side of the ball. But then they're going to expect, like like Eric said, uh, it seems like Darius and Davis are going to start, you know, day one um, for the Vikings, assuming healthy. Um, I don't know if that's the best plan, but it's better, like I said, better than Dakota, Dakota Dozier starting. So um, overall, I think it was, like Eric said, B – B to B plus range, definitely not an A, but B to B plus range, didn't hate it, but also like a couple question marks. I just think that like, if you look at the team now, um, I'm not saying it's great everywhere, but especially on offense, um, Cousins is a pretty good quarterback. Cook is one of the best running backs in football. Um, Backed up by Madison, you have Ham as a fullback in there. They're solid. Uh, If Derrissaw and Davis are any good, which Derrissaw should be, um, you know, almost a sure thing to be at least a decent player. And if Davis could be something, um, you add it with Bradbury and Cleveland and O'Neal. They're all young guys that should be still on the rise, um, which is exciting. You have um, Irv Smith Jr. at tight end with Tyler Conklin. You should be pretty strong at that position. You have one of the best receiver duos with Jefferson and Thielen. I think the offense sounds pretty good. Um, And then on the defense, I'm not saying it will be perfect, but you – you know, have some young ends. You get Daniel Hunter back, who didn't play a single snap last year. You get Michael Pierce, last year's free agent signing, who didn't play a snap for us last year. You get uh, free agent signing Tomlinson, who was another big D tackle, who obviously wasn't with us. So most of that line is going to be brand new guys or guys who didn't play for us last year. Barr's back from injury. Kendricks is back from injury. You add more pieces at linebacker. Harrison Smith is back. Dantzler's back. Jeff Gladney is a like woman beater and probably should be cut from the team. Uh, you sign Patrick. So he's Peterson. back. He'll probably be back. Patrick Peterson is on the team now. You know, like it's just like they've added a lot of pieces to this team, and guys will get injured, and guys will disappoint, and guys won't turn out. Um, but it, the roster seems a lot more full right now than it did last season, and that feels pretty good. Okay. Does this uh, does the Mond pick piss off Cousins? Does Probably. he have to know about it? So I can't believe we've done this podcast now for 45 minutes and we haven't brought up Aaron Rodgers and his situation. Um, he got so pissed that they drafted Love last year. Does Did we need to in, involve Kirk Cousins in this pick? Hey, we are going to draft somebody. He's from the future. Don't worry. You're, you're our number one guy. That's down the road. Does this do anything to Cousins, him? 
I think Cousins, I think if Kirk I think if Kirk wanted to be here for the long term, he would have restructured and extended his contract again to help the team, right? To say like, hey, yeah. Kirk, man, if you want us to bring in some weapons for you, we'll still give you the same guaranteed money plus some additional money plus some additional roster bonuses and all that crap, and we'll extend you for another three seasons, and you're still going to make you know thirty million a season, mm-hmm. but your salary is going to be twenty million to help the team out, you know, in that scenario. And Kirk is like, yeah, I'm okay. That's all right. Like, I think he's oblivious to all of this. Like, okay. I don't think this, this penetrates the Kirk sphere to the point where he's like, Oh, the Vikings drafted a quarterback in the second round. And I've only got two years left on my deal. Like you know, they've already, they've already approached him and asked yeah. him to, you know, to make the thing a little bit more team friendly. Cause he's going to be the highest paid quarterback in the league next year. I don't foresee Kirk even caring one iota about yeah. this at okay. all. I think that Cousins is like so smart about his contract. Like he's changed football forever. I mean, he got the first all guaranteed contract. He has made it a thing now to just play on these short contracts and just keep getting new bigger contracts and like meeting where he is with the other quarterbacks um, at a new rate instead of signing a long-term deal. Um, I think that he probably is like kind of annoyed, but he knows that he's in a position of power because next year he's either going to be getting a big contract extension from the Vikings or a big contract from a new team. Yeah. He just knows that. I mean, unless he's just, unless his legs fall off or he's the worst quarterback suddenly. I mean, if he plays like he has the last few years, um, he will be getting a massive deal from either us or from someone else next year. And he knows that. And so even if he's like annoyed that they're doing that and he would have preferred some help with that pick, um, he is not nearly as mad as Rogers where we took a guy at 66, where the Packers traded up to draft a quarterback at what 24. I mean, Rogers had very different about that. Yeah. Yeah. And, And not only that, we drafted a tackle, a guard, a running back, a wide receiver and a tight end. Like almost every possible position you could want on offense. I'm not saying Zach Davidson or Amir Smith Marset are going to be like day one starters, but uh, there's, I mean, they drafted help for him to, to yeah. say that the Vikings drafted more offensive players than de- defensive players, or maybe it's like pretty even um, in a Mike Zimmer led team. Definitely front heavy. Is, front heavy. Yeah, for the exactly. Offense, yeah. yeah. Normally it's like quarterback, uh, <laughs> linebacker, D end, and then they find a receiver you know, um, yep. late. So if, if Kirk's going to complain, he has no, he has no ground to stand on in my opinion. Okay. All right, guys. Uh, and finally we'll move on to the Minnesota twins who are playing some okay baseball after like two unwatchable weeks. Um, you know, we're pitching a little bit better and, uh, Buxton and still is playing with a bat that's literally on fire. And now Alex Kirloff is back with the team and he's matching home runs for fun. Barter, should I not have sold all my twin stock last year or last week? Well, you are, you're very up, you're very bandwagony. So I would, I would have been shocked if you didn't sell it. I think I would have been yep. more so- like shocked if you just said, I'm holding, I got diamond hands. It's like, this is GameStop, baby. Um, <laughs> to the moon. <laughs> but I think um, it's, it's, it's way too early for us to to consider this team bad yet. 
Um, I still think there are major holes that need to be addressed, but like you said, the pitching is coming around a little bit better. I mean, if we score 13 runs a game, the pitching is irrelevant at that point. You know, if we hit like we did in the two of the three games against Kansas city, then it's, it's, it doesn't matter. So, um, but you throw like a, you know, losing seven out of eight to athletics and the pirates and the Indians in there. And that's, that's not good. So, um, you know, major league baseball is a game of, of ebbs and flows. And a lot of times we've done plan a, um, if we're going to use our wild scenarios where we've come out of the gates in April and May, and we're like, 20 and seven and we look like the most unbeatable team and come back to earth a little bit. I think this team had a little bit of a reality check early. You know, a lot of the, a lot of the uh, national press was like, well, I definitely see the twins winning a third, you know, division championship, you know, and, and, and baseball is super hard to do that with, especially with, um, you know, rookies and free agents and, and players move in this league more than any other. So I think, I think it was uh, a little bit of a reality check and, and hopefully they wake up a little bit. Um, I think, you know, Rocco so far has proven to be a pretty smart manager. Um, our bullpen still needs something. Like, I don't know if we got to go out and get somebody or um, bring some young guys up that, that don't have any clue what's going on, but our bullpen is in trouble. Um, but our starting pitching other than Matt Shoemaker is pitching slightly better so i don't know they're trending in the right direction for now um but it's still a long way back from 10 and 16 i mean we were we were one game away from having the worst record in major league baseball with the detroit tigers and they're intentionally bad they're like they're trying to be bad we're trying to like we're like on the cusp of like supposed to be going deep in the playoffs so um i don't blame you for selling your stock is what i'm saying here all right fair enough um, yeah, I don't know. I think it's fun to have some of these young guys up here and if they can, uh, just piece together or maybe get a hundred games from Donaldson. Um, Oh my God, the guy's a monster. The guy hits the ball so hard all the time. It's just, even it, when yeah. he gets, even when he gets out, he hits it like 110 miles an hour right to the center fielder. Did you ever play like baseball with like someone's dad and they were like, I don't run the bases. <laughs> they just like sit at home plate and then like some kid runs for them yeah and they mash it and they're like yeah "Yeah, go ahead yeah they're like go chase that down like that's what josh donaldson needs to do he needs to just have (laughs) runs for him and he only has to go to the batter's box and try not to pull his his quad or his uh cap did you see what he did you see what he did today yeah we're up six and he's like stretching out a double and like you know sliding head first at a second i'm like josh what are you doing? Yeah. Don't do that. <laughs> all right, guys, that's it. That's all the time we have on this episode of the Nordies Podcast. Tune back in and check out our screencast uh, tomorrow. Lots of good stuff, good shows. Uh, great segment that we've been doing, uh, Streamer or Steamer. And I think uh, you guys will like to hear about this one. So tune in later this week for that. Otherwise, thank you guys for listening to the Nordies Podcast. Peace.